0: Hey there, my name is Christy Johnson Sadler, and I'm the Paranormal Hypnotist. I teach people how to connect with dimensional energies and explore hidden knowledge and memories to create positive change in their life. And I'm Alex, the not-so-important co-host and half-hearted audio engineer with an eager ear for the paranormal. Do you like listening to scary stories around the campfire? Or trading tales of intrigue around the water cooler? Maybe watching Leonard Nimoy on In Search Of, or Robert Stack on Unsolved Mysteries. Have you ever stayed up till 4 a.m., chain-smoking cigarettes, pounding energy drinks and Cheetos, researching the underhanded imperialist satanic reptilian plot housed in the underground Masonic-funded temples, hell-bent on suppressing the existence of Bigfoot while keeping the Ark of the Covenant at the bottom of Oak Island Money Pit in order to continue the status quo of the riot-inducing question of which way to face a toilet paper roll? (sighs) Wow. All that from around a campfire, huh? I think you need some new hobbies. Don't tell me what I need. All I need is to get into Camp David and find out who has the key passes to the Dulce Bay. He'll be back. Catch us every week on the Supernatural Tendencies podcast, where we'll cover oddities, conspiracies, and things that go bump in the night. See you soon.
1: Hello. Hi. I'm Joel. And I'm Emily.
2: And we are drink, Drunk. Dead.
1: <laughs> you do That's that. Not so like well. a frog. <laughs>
2: Dead.
1: I just can never do it quite as well as you do. Yeah. Yeah.
2: You got to get an Adam's apple and then you'll be good.
1: I feel a little out of whack this week because we usually have our little, not really a script, but we have kind of our points that we want to hit on every week. And I didn't do that this week, and I feel a little...
2: Off the dome?
1: Uh, I'm not, I don't know. You
2: know are off the dome means?
1: No, I have no idea.
2: Like, uh, you know, like the ideas flow from the brain.
1: Oh, uh, you kids. Like
2: freestyle, you know, freestyle rap <laughs> is off the dome.
1: I have no idea. Yeah. It's like you guys speak a whole different language.
2: You're out to lunch.
1: So for, for all the, you old folk. For those of you that don't know, I have about, what, 13 years on you? 13 years, yeah. I'm 35 and he just turned 22. We're one of those pretty couples. you sure I'm
2: not 48?
1: No, I'm pretty positive you're not 48. I
2: don't know.
1: You speak a language I definitely don't know.
2: I used to bop and jive back in my day.
1: Oh, dork. <laughs> you think you're so funny. So what are you drinking tonight?
2: I'm doing a drink in theme for our episode, which is...
1: Haunted Prisons?
2: It is. It's his. So I have Clear Cell. It's lemon-lime soda. We just use some cheap shit from Wegmans.
1: How much? You got to tell them how much goes into everything.
2: Two ounces of W-Up or 7-Up Sprite, whatever. <laughs> Uh one ounce of gin, one ounce of lemon rum, an ounce of tequila, and then another ounce of lemon vodka. So this shit's pretty heavy.
1: How is it though? Do you like it? So bad.
2: I like the sweeter. I'm pretty sure we went a little a little heavier on the, the soda though. Yeah, we and made it a, it a little earlier. A little that is it's like a long island without the tea.
1: Well, there's no actual tea in Long Island love. It's cola and. Um,
2: All right, well, with other cola, whatever.
1: What is it? Sours, I think that makes that Long Island that makes that tea taste. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it is pretty similar to a Long Island. But we had to go a little extra on the. W up. W up. Whoop. Whoop.
2: <laughs> whoop
1: whoop. It it was, definitely a smack you in the face kind of drink if you didn't put a little more sprite in there. But it was good once you added more sprite. I liked it. For sure. And today I am drinking, it's called Prison Bitch. It is one ounce of amaretto, two ounces of cranberry juice, two ounces of orange juice, one ounce of triple sec, and one ounce of vodka. And I actually, I really like this. It's kind of tart. It's not super sweet. I don't know. I don't really know how to... tart for me. Huh? Too tart for you? I...
2: I'm not a big fan of cranberries, and I can really taste it when there's something with cranberries in it.
1: What's that shot we were going to make that you wanted to drink? Is it fisting in a Mexican prison? No,
2: that was, that was a drink drink. That wasn't a shot. Is it a drink yeah.
1: drink? What goes into it?
2: I don't know. I don't you, have it anymore.
1: Oh, you were laughing about that one.
2: That was funny. Wait, do I? I do have it
1: fisting in a mexican prison so it's, is
2: it's two ounces of cranberry juice um an ounce of tequila and then a splash of lime juice
1: oh yeah that's why we bought all those limes yeah that's why we bought the limes
2: You're like no we're not gonna make that one <laughs> even though it would have been perfect
1: we could have made it. we can always make it later that's true we have some time
2: y'all just won't be able to see the the repercussions of fisting in a Mexican prison.
1: Ew, I don't think anybody wants to see the repercussions of that. I don't know. <laughs> no. This does Our not. Our viewers does... in
2: Australia's, I'm sure, are pretty freaky. <sighs> Australia's. I said Australia's.
1: We okay, so we've been at this a little while, we apologize ish.
2: We don't apologize. I don't.
1: No. We we've had the the kids came over tonight. And once we put them to bed, we made sure that we were going to relax and be ready for recording our podcast. And we really needed it after a day with kids because as much as we love them, they are eight and five year olds. So.
2: And we have cookies.
1: Oh my God. That was insanity. Can I have another cookie? Can I have another cookie?
2: Yeah. See, I mean, to be fair though, we keep eating the cookies, but we just don't have to ask because we're the adults, you know?
1: We also know how to pace ourselves, and we eat our dinners.
2: Per se. We eat our dinners, for sure. Pace ourselves.
1: Depends on what we're referring to, I suppose. Right, (laughs) yeah. Did you have anything interesting happen this week, or was it another boring week for you?
2: Another uneventful week for me.
1: That kind of stinks. No, it doesn't. A little bit. Not at all. I went, and I finished Haunting of Hill House with Haley. And I think it was maybe episode eight. There's a kind of a jump scare. And it I was not prepared for this jump scare. And it scared me so bad that I literally screamed out loud. Did you shave yourself too? I jumped really hard.
2: Did you snort in your knickers?
1: I did not snort in my knickers.
0: Uh,
2: that would have been funny.
1: Not today. Hey. Not today, Satan. Satan. But no, I screamed out loud and so did Haley and poor Austin, her boyfriend sitting over there just looking at us like, <laughs> he does not like this stuff. Yeah. It was entertaining.
2: So him and I will we'll go hang out somewhere else. Uh-huh.
1: Yeah. You guys will have fun and then Haley and I will binge on the horror stuff. Yeah,
2: we'll be in the next room watching Disney movies.
1: Yeah. And then I went and saw um, Gretel and Hansel with uh, Jess. Mm-hmm. And that was... I don't really know how to describe it. It was not what I expected.
2: She said it wasn't bad, though.
1: It wasn't a terrible movie, but it wasn't a good movie either. It's like they couldn't really decide what time period they were in. Mm -hmm. And the accents were all over the place. It reminded me of... oh God, what was the name of that 90s war film? I can't remember... It was like Germans and Russians and Americans and nobody had the right accent. Like A German sounded like an American and a Russian sounded like a German. It was completely wrong. But Maybe they were spies. Essentially what this movie was, nobody had the same accent. It was all over the place and the time period was all over the place, but the cinematography was really beautiful and the main bad character, which was the witch, of course, she was really good. So, as much as I, I can't say that it was a good movie because it wasn't it kept me entertained and i watched it if that makes sense that's good
2: well they still got your money so Uh
1: uh-huh they ain't mad about it they got they got way too much of my money so yeah uh we played that promo at the beginning of the podcast here for supernatural tendencies which is um it's another podcast it's a mother-son team What'd you think? Dynamic duo. Yeah, it was a, they I think their trailer, it's good, it's funny, but I'm not sure it ju- it does their show justice. Right. I know you haven't listened to them yet. Right. But I did. I spent uh, last weekend in the lab and I really just binged them for a while. Mm-hmm. I really liked them. I thought they were interesting.
2: Well, what what kind of stuff did they talk oh, about? Oh God, what the was you their to?
1: first episode that I listened to? Let me look it up real quick. Where's supernatural tendencies? Which one? Don't play it. Oh, that's right. This is why I pour. The first episode that I really listened to was called uh, Star Jelly, which is about a 1950s movie called The Blob, and the story behind it. What inspired The Blob? The Mm -hmm. movie The Blob. I guarantee you've never seen this, but I did growing up, and this movie used to scare the crap out of me. As a kid <laughs> it was, was. the blob so bad. similar
2: to like the 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 devil in Children of the Corn? Just that ridiculous From effect? what I
1: remember it was like it looked like this sparkly blob of uh petroleum jelly that would roll down the street and it would eat people up oh. in the movie. That's not what the true story was, but um the, that was their first episode. It covered kind of the story behind it. And what they do is they're believers. So they take kind of both a believers and a skeptics point of view in their podcast, which is cool. And it's, like I said, it's that mother-son team. So you, you definitely get a different dynamic. And they're funny, but they it's keep it. It's PG-13 too, huh? No, they keep it very clean, actually. They're very family-friendly. They are definitely cleaner than we are. Yeah. But if you're into other supernatural stuff, they definitely cover stuff that we probably won't cover. Some stories that I'd never heard of before. Uh-huh. But I, f- I found them really interesting. I liked it. Li- I binged them for probably eight hours.
2: I'll have to listen. Yeah. If I were to do a podcast with my mom, I wouldn't hold back.
1: <laughs> Listening to them made me think about like what it would sound like to do a podcast with my mom. Yeah. It's not going to happen. But
2: So just live vicariously. By Bicuriously. By curiously. Not vicariously.
1: Vicariously. Bicurious is girls in college. Right. So we've had a few drinks. We've been at this a little while.
2: We're on our... You're drunk.
1: I might be a little drunk. I'm getting there. I can oh, tell. Right.
2: Shall we discuss the dead?
1: Let's discuss the dead. Do you want to go first or am I going first? I don't remember.
2: I guess I can go first.
1: Okay, so we did, again, we did haunted prisons, haunted jails.
2: Alright. So, um, I went kind of classic this week. Did Alcatraz.
1: You did Alcatraz? I did Alcatraz. Ah, the classic American haunted prison. Classic. Do Um, tell
2: so um it was built in 1933 um, the prison it was a maximum security minimum privilege privilege prison to contain you know the worst of the worst and it was a home in, in most cases kind of the resting place for a lot of famous criminals like al capone uh machine gun george machine gun kelly Um, and then the three men who, I mean, the reason that Alcatraz is really mostly famous is for the prison escape from, uh, Arthur Dock or no, sorry, Frank Morris, Clarence Anglin and John Anglin. And they were
1: two brothers.
2: Yeah. okay I, I believe. Yeah. And they, those three were never found. They don't know. There's a lot of speculation of whether they got eaten by sharks or just taken away by the current or whether they or not, they survived.
1: I kind of hope they survived.
2: That'd be cool, wouldn't it? Yeah. But that would have been like one of the greatest escapes.
1: Well, I suppose it depends on what crimes they committed beforehand. Like, I
2: don't know. Either way. The only, only ones to have ever escaped and You kind of cheer lived. them on. Yeah. Right. Cause everybody else was either caught or killed. So Alcatraz is, or the island rather, is often considered a portal to another dimension. So centuries ago, um, the Native Americans. There was there was a history with Native Americans in the island. They believed that it was um, kind of a sanctuary for a lot of evil spirits. Right? Often those words don't go together though.
1: Sanctuary and evil and spirits. Evil
2: spirits, right. But for the evil spirits, I guess it would be a sanctuary.
1: This was like the evil spirit church, the place to go hang out and yeah. protect yourself. It's chill. Yeah. yeah.
2: From all the peasants, the mortals so, it's just a fear punishment for people who had violated tribal law. They were sometimes extradited for a period of time or even sent there to live the rest of their lives or, or the remainder of their lives alone among the evil spirits that had awaited them.
1: That's a sucky way to spend the rest of your life. Right. Unless so you was... are really like anti society, then peace out. Yeah. Okay, send me out right. to this island. Thanks.
2: Like, I worship these things, thanks.
1: It couldn't have been that often, though, because then they're not really living alone and living with somebody else on that island.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, still alone. Because the thought was that they pretty much just wasted away as soon as they got there.
1: I suppose is it one big rock or something? Or is it? Pretty much. Oh, okay.
2: There's grass, but I mean, back then, I'm not sure. There was when Alcatraz was there.
1: Isn't it still there?
2: Alcatraz was, I mean, like, the prison.
1: Yeah, isn't it still there? Well, it's
2: still there, but it, it's not in operation.
1: Oh, okay, okay. I thought you meant it was gone, gone.
2: No. So the prison, it was pretty much just built to wreck the spirits and oftentimes the physical bodies of um, the people who were, set, who were sent there. So Some of the freaky things that have happened here. Uh, most of these accounts are from guards or, like, families of the guards who would who had lived on the island so many of the guards had reported hearing sounds of like sobbing and moaning and they would often walk through the halls or even just around the island get just gut-wrenching smells and they had named a spirit which a lot of them had had seen uh, they just called it the thing which they, they described with having glowing eyes I don't like glowing eyes. No, that's always the a... thing that gets me. Like even in Disney movies, you know, when they're like in the woods looking out into the into the bush or whatever, and then all those and it's eyes all those, like, just little pop up. Eyes, yeah. Right.
1: Do Disney movies scare you when they pop up with the glowing animal a eyes? A little
2: bit. <laughs> Judge me.
1: And yet you're on this podcast. I don't know how you handle it.
2: Yeah, I was kind of forced into this, but it's
1: okay. I love you. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so some others account phantom prisoners. So they would see, they would see prisoners. The, the guards and other prisoners would see these phantom prisoners walking around, or sometimes in the cells.
1: So this is while it was in operation, they'd see this, right? Dang, that's crazy.
2: So Alcatraz was in operation from 1933 until I think early '63. So just about 30 years.
1: It's not that long.
2: No. I think they shut it down because it was just too expensive to maintain. Yeah. They closed um, shortly after um, the three men had escaped. But, of course, they claim that, no, well, we already made the decision way before this ever happened to uh shut it uh down. Um, Whether or not, I don't know. But And then oftentimes, like, ghost soldiers were also seen just appearing before the guards and, again, their families. And it kind of makes you think, like, were they... Seeking revenge.
1: Soldiers?
2: The prisoners and the soldiers.
1: Where? Soldiers from what? Was it? Soldiers. A base for the Spanish or something back in the day. Mm -hmm. That's weird.
2: Yeah.
1: A little out of place.
2: So, the warden, uh, Warden Johnston, he did not believe in paranormal. And he had once heard and claimed a reported hearing undeniable sounds of a woman sobbing while he was taking a group of guests around on a tour and the cries were also heard by the group and it, a lot of them said that the noises were the noises and screams were coming from inside the dungeon inside the walls of the dungeon so just as just as the crying had vanished as they're walking through they were all struck with just this bitterly cold wind just washed upon them right
1: this is a whole group of people mhm
2: so all of them had agreed to this hmm. and the warden i was going to say you would think a warden would be a logical man but oftentimes warden are, wardens are not
1: they're just people they're, they're like the rest of us
2: so since the 1940s there a lot of spirits have been seen hanging around what is now the dilapidated remains of the warden's house because of course he lived on the island too with his family uh, and during a christmas party there was a lot of guards there and they told a story of a ghostly man who had suddenly came to be in front of them he was wearing a gray suit with a brimmed cap and he had mutton chop sideburns so of course wait
1: this place is built in the 30s.
0: Yeah.
1: Before that, it was Native American. Yeah. And there's just some random guy with mutton chops out there.
2: People today still have mutton chops.
1: Okay, I'll give you that, but I don't think it was that popular in the 1930s, 40s, 50s, 60s. Why not? They were all about being clean cut. Now not people not. don't care if they look dirty. <laughs> yeah. Okay, not saying anything against mutton chops, but it definitely we're wouldn't have been... are saying
2: everything I'm saying. Yeah, chops. There's some uh, people that can rock it, to be all. fair. No. <laughs> you cannot. If you think you can, I will be the first to tell you you cannot. I've tried rocking mutton chops and it doesn't work for anybody.
1: Okay, so because you can't rock a mutton chop, then it yes, doesn't work I for anybody. Yes,
2: if I can't anybody. pull it off, nobody can.
1: <laughs> you heard it here, folks.
2: It's the truth. I'm sorry. Anyways, so as they're staring at this thing... Uh, the room grew cold again, and the fire in their stove had burned out. And less than you know, a minute later, the thing disappeared. And on a lot of eerie, you know, foggy nights, there's an old lighthouse that used to be on the island. It'll just suddenly appear, uh, followed by what sounds like a slow whistling, and then you know, flashing green light, which rotates about the island. And
1: is it an alien?
2: Is it an alien?
0: I love aliens.
1: Is it an alien?
2: No, it's not an alien.
1: Damn it. It's
2: the old lighthouse.
1: It's a flashing green light that rotates about the...
2: Have you ever seen the airport light? It's green.
1: Is it that kind of rotate? No, it's not. Yes, it is. We live in Erie that has a a freaking airport light thing. It's not green. That's what I'm
2: talking about. I lived right by the airport for 19 years.
1: So did I. It's white. You did not live
2: there for 19 years. Yeah, I did. Nope. <laughs> One half is white, the other half is green. Do we need to go down there right now? Sure, we can All right. we'll right on catch y'all I'll
1: later. i be with us. I guarantee you it's not green. I
2: will put $300,000 on <laughs> it that it is green.
1: If you have $300,000, why are we not married right now?
2: Because that's my $300,000. And I was sure saving it, it for this fucking moment. <laughs> to bet it. Motherfucker. So they
1: see a green light... And you think it's related to a lighthouse. To a fucking lighthouse, Rather than aliens. I'm going to say aliens because aliens are way more interesting than lighthouses.
2: I don't know. Have you ever been inside a lighthouse? Yes. Then you tripping on some shit.
1: (laughs) you ever met an alien?
2: Yeah, a couple times. They're not that cool. (laughs) They're all like, let me stick it up your butt. And I'm like, no. (laughs) Spit on it or something.
1: That's getting cut. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, what's wrong with you?
2: So a lot of the guards. Um...
1: Can you back it up. I had to get that out. So a lot of the guards.
2: So there was a point, um, or one day in particular, where the the guards who were working this shift um, heard cannons banging, like the, the sound of cannons exploding, uh-huh. and and screams so realistic that they dropped to the floor and immediately took cover and in their minds inmates had escaped somehow and taken over the artillery on the island and they were you know fighting back but once they all got up to investigate what was going on um you was know, thinking that there was about to be a battle happening they were just amazed to see that nothing was out of place nobody you know everybody was still accounted for and nothing had happened and it was multiple Guards who had heard this. In another instance, they had said they smelled smoke, and it seemed to be coming from the laundry room, thinking that there was a fire. So they opened the door to the laundry room, and there's a thick black cloud of smoke so heavy that they had to leave the room. They couldn't even go in the room. Uh Um, And a few minutes later, they come back, and all the smoke was gone. And no smell and there was nothing
1: thick black smoke yes. so heavy they have to leave and then they're like ah, well let's go check on that again and they head on back oh boy gosh gee golly whiz where did this go like if it's so thick that you can't be there who's heading back into that
2: well they're gonna try to put it out maybe you're in a mood
1: i am in a mood Aliens, baby. Mm
2: -hmm. Aliens smoking that good kush. Down in the freaking laundry room.
1: Maybe that's why they come here. I doubt it. They can't grow weed on their home planet.
2: I doubt it. They got that good alien shit. (laughs) So, um, the reportedly most haunted block in the prison is D-Block. And it was... It was known as the, the treatment unit. There was 42 cells and they all all had heavy restriction um, to the inmates there or who were sent to these cells. Most of them, there was no contact with the general population. And they got one visit to the rec yard and two showers a week. All right, so this place was pretty much just bre- meant to break you down. Yeah. Mentally. Yeah, you you know, meals were delivered to your cell, so you ate by yourself and whatever they gave you that day. And they were only allowed to read for fun. That would suck.
1: I like reading. You're weird. Reading is, it opens a whole new world.
0: A whole new world.
2: Autotune me right there, right? <laughs> um, so, most of these cells in the D-block face the golden gate bridge Uh uh-huh so there was a lot of cold winds that would come up off of the river
1: you mean the ocean
2: golden gate bridge don't cross the ocean darling
1: doesn't alcatraz sit out on the ocean it's in the bay san francisco bay
2: it's not in the ocean
1: the bay is connected to the ocean not a river right
2: the bridge goes over the river
1: does it you just making shit up now. I don't think so. I don't know. I know, yeah, I know more about, about <laughs> Russia and England than I do about America. I'm google. I it. cannot say with confidence. I'm google it. You're gonna google it. I'm gonna google it. I'm just gonna make shit up now. Try uh uh-uh, I'm gonna google it, it too.
2: Go ahead. fuck about you googling it.
1: What does the San Francisco Bridge cross? That ain't right. <laughs> when Cisco Bridge cross?
2: The Golden Gate Bridge, not the San Francisco Bridge.
1: What does the Golden Gate Bridge cross? I don't know. I'm not American. Aren't you? <laughs> well, these are sad facts. I don't like this. All I can find out is that it's the top suicide location in the world, and that's gross.
2: Alright, so I'm right, you're wrong, whatever. Comes up off the water, okay? Anyways. There's a lot of cold winds that come up, right?
1: It carries them across a strait.
2: Rivers are often straight.
1: Let's see. It carries cars across the strait, whatever the strait is.
2: Probably the bridge.
1: No, the strait is like a body of water. Gibraltar? But it ain't a river.
2: It is a river. And the guards would often turn on you know, fans or just open doors to make it as cold as possible. And this was down uh, more towards the basement and towards the lower levels of the prison. So it was just naturally colder anyways. Mm -hmm. So five of the cells in D block were uh, nicknamed strip cells. So essentially the hole, right? They had one light bulb that was controlled by the guards. So... They didn't feel like, homie he deserved a light today. They would just flip it off. And they would take the mattresses out during the day. So, like, you really, you're just in concrete walls. I don't like concrete that. Concrete box. And there was a hole in the ground for the toilet. That's all it was. And they they weren't allowed out of the cell, and they weren't even given showers. These people in the strip cells. And I think that they could be in there for up to, like, 19 days it was the maximum sentence they could be sent there.
1: That's awful. What does that do to a person? Yeah. How does that enough. make us any better than the criminals that we can find?
2: Right. So, there was one of the guards who worked um, worked on Alcatraz in the late 40s said that uh, a lot of his co workers and himself had often seen a ghostly presence of a man dressed in late 1800s prison attire walking hall next to the strip cells and there was this was one of the most famous stories that I saw came up on a few places there was an inmate who was sent to the hole and he began screaming immediately that there was someone uh, with glowing eyes in there with him and the cries of of these types of things were almost always ignored as it was kind of just like it became a joke to these guards his screams had went deep into the night and then there was just silence right They heard nothing else from him. So the next morning, he was found dead with a terrible expression on his face and noticeable handprints around his throat. Oh my god, I
1: literally
0: have goosebumps.
2: Yeah. (laughs) So there was an autopsy that was performed following his death, and it indicated that the strangulation wasn't self-inflicted. So there was, I mean, there's kind of some speculation that maybe the guards just got freaking tired of it and went in there and killed him yeah but of course none none of the guards admitted to it and they all kind of had alibis but i mean you're walking your job is to walk the walk up and down the block or walk up and down the, these hallways all night so you could say that you're doing that that you never step foot in. i don't know well it's just creepy right that he, he's screaming and then it's known that this thing has been seen down there. there yeah yeah so so, even creepier, when the guards lined the inmates up to do a count, there were one too many inmates, and this was following this man's death. Nope. And so, the this recently man, recently dead man had stood at the end of the line, and inmates and guards alike, they were just like, you know, what the fuck's going on? And then, then the, the spirit just vanishes.
1: No, but, like, don't okay why would you no why no
0: can't even formulate i
1: can't okay so he's put in a hole yeah he screams in terror Uh basically is either terrified to death or potentially killed by a spirit or by the guards and then his spirit's like yeah okay i think i'll hang around here and get in line for the daily roll call right
2: it disappears. I mean, I don't know, though, because isn't the theory kind of like the reason that spirits stay in one place is because they're kind of trapped there? It, or they have some business to take care of before they can go on?
1: It varies. I mean, there are known traveling spirits. They're confident that there are traveling spirits out there, that spirits can move with people. Or they kind of decide where they want to go. Maybe they go back to their home around their loved ones. And there are other other ones that end up trapped. And because it's not a science that's really well understood or well studied, we just don't know why. Mm -hmm.
2: Maybe either he was just trying to fuck with them or...
1: He's trapped. Or he's trapped. That would suck. All this horrible shit happens to you. You die Still in this awful place, there. and then you're trapped there forever.
2: Yeah, that would suck. For sure. So, they do a lot of tours today, you know? Uh-huh. And it's it's a common place for paranormal seekers and a lot of shows. I'm pretty sure ABC even sent a psychic out there.
1: I know Ghost Hunters went there, and I bet you Ghost Adventures did too. Probably, yeah. Almost everybody goes there.
2: And there were quite a few stories from people, but a lot of them are almost pretty much the same. And it was the, I believe it was the BC and D block that were mostly the active ones and especially the D block. A lot of people always say that they feel cold spots walking around. And cell 12 and 14 in the D-block are always the most active, kind of emotionally stimulating. And a lot of psychics even report charged impressions being in these rooms or walking past them or just around the halls in general. And they often feel kind of like hot spots. They get the most activity in the corners of the cells where a lot of people kind of just sat and withered away mm-hmm. in the corner you know they didn't have a bed so they just kind of found sanctuary in in the corner of the cell so the history has it history has it. That's not the proper term delete that one out al capone was he was a banjo player he liked to play banjo mm-hmm. um, but he didn't want to play or he couldn't rather Play like in his cell or anything because he would get in trouble. they weren't allowed to have music, so he would play in the showers, yeah, and importantly, if you walk by, you can still hear it today, which I thought was pretty cool. It's interesting, the banjo, yeah, you can hear the banjos coming from the showers.
1: do you think it's like the dueling banjo sound, or it's like do 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 do
2: is that the dueling banjos,
1: yeah, yeah you don't know dueling banjos?
2: What's the, the, like the devil, is it? Devil sure. goes down to Georgia. Devil goes down, to, is that a banjo? The devil
1: went down to Georgia, something like that. That is not dueling banjos, it's a totally different. No, song. I
2: wasn't asking that. It, wasn't that a banjo
1: too? No, it's a fiddle. Devil picked up a oh, fiddle. Oh, right, okay. It's totally different. Totally. It is totally different. A fiddle, you play with your, you play with a bow and a banjo, you play with your fingers, you pluck it a banjo's down here and a fiddle's up here and I'm sure you guys know even without me showing you exactly where those go.
2: I'm sure some people can play with their toes.
1: I bet I could.
2: Please don't. So, uh, two there were two authors, Richard Weiner and Nancy Osborne. What?
1: Is Weiner spelled like weiner?
2: No. It's like winner, but weiner. Not winner. One N. <sighs>
1: That's boring. Yeah. I wanted it to be like Anthony Weiner. His... It's funny. <laughs> well, it's
2: Richard Weiner. Dick Weiner. <laughs> what a name.
1: Okay, Dick, Dick Weiner.
2: Dick Weiner, right? Um, They were authors of a book, Haunted Houses. And so they made a trip to Alcatraz. And they had also reported eerie feelings when they were in... 14d cell 14d so they were taken on along a tour by a park ranger there because i believe it's a national park now yeah they entered the cell they all felt strong vibrations and tingling sensations in their hands and arms all three of them Hmm. and convinced that someone or something was there with them osborne stated that she had never felt so much psychic energy in one spot
1: that's interesting. Of all the places that you could really go and feel psychic energy, Alcatraz is the one.
2: Right. Huh. It's a heavy spot. Uh, and another author of a book called *Haunted Alcatraz*, Michael Curry, had also described feeling or receiving psychic impressions again in cell 14D, and he too had experienced these tingling sensations. And he tells of seeing a small man with his head shaved, who had told uh, of being beaten, his legs broken by guards, and left in solitary confinement. Ugh. And that's what just a lot of these more modern, modern day stories are, are. like a lot of them are very similar, which I don't know might add some more credence, validity to things. Yeah. If it's more than one person, you know, claiming that they're feeling these things or seeing these things.
1: Yeah. It becomes harder and harder to deny something when you have that many people come forward and say, This is something I've experienced or this is something I saw or felt or heard.
2: Yeah. So you have a story for us. Don't I you?
1: do, I have a story.
2: Oh goody.
1: Okay. So my story is actually kind of a shout out. We we got we picked up an Australian listener, at least one. So this is kind of for them, and I'm covering today the Old Melbourne Jail, and that's in Melbourne, Melbourne, Victoria, and Australia. So Melbourne's a city, Victoria's almost like the district, kind of like our states, and then Australia. It's weird when you look at it in other countries, you don't think of it like a state, but that's essentially what they're broken up into, right?
2: Uh-huh. So they have kangaroos there.
1: Well, in Australia, yes. I don't know about Melbourne.
2: Have you ever seen, um, why am I blanking on the name now? Kangaroo Jack? I think that's the name of it.
1: Thankfully, I have not seen that film. I saw the previews for that film, and that was enough. Fuck
2: you in the face, because that is a great movie. (laughs) We're watching that after.
1: We'll see if we can find that after. So, I covered Old Melbourne Jail. Also, by the way, they spell it the Old English way, which is G-A-O-L. But it's pronounced jail. It looks never like you heard goal. that. Goal. Yeah, you've never heard that? No. Oh I've heard that so many times. I just didn't realize it was pronounced exactly the same. I had to look up how to pronounce it. Yep.
2: How how are you pronouncing it?
1: It's like goal. G A O L. What's it what's it look like?
2: I thought you said it was G A O L.
1: G A O L.
2: I would say that Gale.
1: Okay. Either way, it doesn't look like jail, but that's the old English for jail. And that's what Australia used, because they're classier than we are. Way to
2: confuse us, Australia.
1: <laughs> yeah, we just throw people in prison. We're, we're lazy. <laughs> okay, so the prison was originally built on Collins Street West in 1839, but it, it only operated there for a little while, until 1845, because almost as soon as it was constructed, they realized that it was too small. Apparently Couldn't they, really hold anybody. Yeah, apparently they had a problem with criminals, so they're like, ah, oh, shit, this is too small.
2: See, when I think of Australia, I don't think any of, of them are bad.
1: Are you serious? Like,
2: there's no crime in Australia at all.
1: This must be a joke, right? Literally, Britain sent their criminals to Australia. Literally. Yeah, quite literally. You all mal- right.
2: Anyways, when I don't, when I think of Australia. I don't think of criminals.
1: Not now. Everybody in Australia is But back in, in the 1800s, nice. they literally shipped their criminals. All right.
2: Well, we're not in the 1800s, Great- are we now?
1: Not now. But then they right. were. I'm
2: saying when I think of Australia, <laughs> I don't think of criminals.
1: Well, there you go, Australia. <laughs> he doesn't think of you as a bunch of criminals. Doesn't that feel good? <laughs> oh, my lordy.
2: Again, I am the man. If I can't rock it, it doesn't work.
1: Okay. So, their jail was too small. And they decided to build a larger one. So they built it on the corner of Russell and Latrobe Streets. And uh, the first block was open for prisoners in 1845. So it was only, what, four years after? No, six years after the original jail had been built at a different location. So they pretty quickly learned that that didn't work, right? Within five years, it uh, it had become overcrowded. And escapes happened a lot. So they're like, well, we have a, a few issues here, right? We have a few problems. Time for an upgrade. You would think. But then gold's discovered in the area in 1851, and a lot like the American gold rush, we how we ended up with a lot of crime, don't you fucking dare. I'm
2: scratching my face. I can
1: see you getting ready to twist I'm your scratching
2: neck. my face. Leave me alone.
1: So, like, during the American Gold Rush, Australia had something really similar, just and right around the same time, too. Uh-huh. Uh, so the population boomed in the area, and they ended up with a lot of crime that they had to control, and it really became this big concern for them. So the jail had a whole bunch of ad- additions and expansions that it underwent for the next few years, and that included a cell block for women and a perimeter wall. And it was fully completed by 1864, so it it really took almost 20 years to finish building this thing. The whole thing was only in operation for like 70 years or so, 80 years maybe, but 20 years of that it was in construction.
2: They weren't really good with uh, project management in. I think they Australia. just
1: Australia. I think they they realized that they were having more. They had a population boom. Seriously, it boomed. It went from uh A couple thousand to, like, 90,000 people. It was a a big jump, right?
2: I've dealt with that in Sims before. In Sims?
1: Yeah. So, at the time... At that time, it was the only jail in the area. And uh, so, during its operation, it housed people from all walks of life, and it lumped them all together. So, this included anybody that would have normally gone to, like, an asylum.
2: So, do you think... Were they kind of just, like, for low-level criminals once it really started getting crowded? Oh, no. Did they just... Or they sent it was everybody. everybody. So. They
1: put the hardened criminals. They put... Just wait. I'll get to it. But they put everybody together.
2: I was going to say, like, were they just letting people get away with petty stuff?
1: Oh, no. Men, women, children, the mentally Good. insane... Good. Put those little
2: rats in the prison. They deserve to be punished.
1: Short-term prisoners. So, include hardened criminals, the mentally ill, short-term prisoners, so people who did little petty crimes or whatever... And up to twenty kids at a time. Savage. That's sad. Hilarious. The youngest recorded prisoner was three or four years old, and the- <laughs> yeah, isn't that? No, that's not funny. That's sad. I can't imagine. It was not a nice place for them to live. What is wrong with you?
2: <laughs> I just imagine a little kid in an orange jumpsuit.
1: No, it was awful. The conditions that they lived under. So. The reports vary because I, I checked a couple websites and it was three or four years old and his name's Michael Michael Cummins. What did he, he was, do? He was in there for six months for being idle and disorderly in 1857. So, so was he face- mentally challenged? No, he's it's probably a little kid that's homeless. Oh. He's a homeless kid and so what they do is they pick him up and they throw him in prison with all these nasty, awful people, 'cause like I said, they put them in there with the hardened criminals, right. the rapists, the murderers, the people that were doing just nasty shit, and they're throwing the kids in there with them. I mean, like women were allowed to keep their baby babies with them, but after they hit a certain point, the kids were taken away and just kept in the prison.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It's messed up.
2: For sure. It's
1: sad. Not a happy place, right? So the prisoners that had been convicted of the worst crimes initially spent time on the first floor and that was the solitary confinement and they weren't permitted a lot like Alcatraz to communicate with anybody at all. They they um when they were outside of their cells they were they put these hoods on them. Uh they were called calico hood hoods. They're basically just sacks with they kind of look like KKK hoods to be quite honest. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. And they had another one that looked like a medieval, almost like, jousting helmet. It almost looked, I think it was metal. And it's just meant to prevent them from being able to communicate or be human, essentially.
2: Right. Take away identity.
1: Huh? Take away identity. So it was not a nice place. You you could move from one level to the next if you had good behavior. So I think there were three levels the first floor was the solitary confinement which was for the worst offenders and then the second was kind of you move your way up and you gain more privileges and then up on the third floor was the really minor offenses hopefully that's where they kept the children although i don't know you basically to get them outside you have to march them down past the bad guys mhm so yeah it was nice there were somewhere between 133 and 135 executions by hanging during its 79 years of operation.
0: On
2: the premises.
1: On the premises. Uh, not just on the premises, literally in the building.
2: So like in the, the cells other, or did they have...
1: It was basically in the middle of the blocks. I watched on videos online area. of where they have the gallows. And they have a floor with a... Like a... The drop door. Like a trap door, yeah. And the beam uh-huh. with the noose and it was right there in the middle of all the cells so everybody could watch you die you would die in front of everybody in there and you wouldn't even get to see sunlight on your last day
0: right.
1: so they had 133 to 135 executions and again it was reports varied a little bit but they know that there were a bunch more deaths and i couldn't find any kind of exact number but they know that there were a lot more people that died just because the conditions were shitty uh, there were a lot of famous prisoners there that were executed. And I'm I'm going to go through a little list of them. The most, probably the most famous ones. You might only know about one or two of these. That You might only be familiar with one or two. But these are definitely famous in Australia, I would assume.
2: From our past conversation, don't you know I know all of the famous Australian criminals?
1: Right, I'm sure. Elizabeth Scott was the first woman ever hanged in Victoria. I don't know about Australia, but I know Victoria. So that, that basically that state, that region. Colin Campbell Ross was convicted of the rape and murder of a twelve-year-old girl, and he maintained his innocence until death. He was later um, posthumously pardoned in two thousand eight, but he was executed in nineteen twenty-two. And they used when they executed him, they used a new kind of rope, and it didn't work. So he basically just slowly strangled to death. Yeah. It was awful. Sounds. Just terrible it happened
2: happened happen more often than we might think
1: they they said when I was reading about him, it looked like it was just people were really upset about the the murder like the rape and murder of this girl, and it was just kind of that that mentality of the mass madness and sort of thing where everybody just gangs up on one person because somebody else said they were guilty and they right. wanted somebody to punish, and it was this guy. Yeah. And there just really wasn't any evidence that he did it. Uh, there were two aboriginal men, so two natives to the area. I'm going to butcher these names. Mallboy Heener and Tunner Minerwaite.
2: <laughs> what a fucking name.
1: They're long names. They're hard. They had, like, English names, but those were, I think, their aboriginal names. They were convicted of two the murder of two whalers in eight, the 1840s, and they were hanged in 1842. And this was around the time that there was a lot of conflict between the Aboriginals and the people that were there, because the the English that were coming in and kind of pushing them out. They don't know for sure that these guys actually murdered these whalers, but these guys were convicted in murder and murdered and executed for the murder of those whalers. Mm-hmm. Frederick Bailey Deeming. He murdered two wives and four children his two wives and four children. <laughs> there are reports that 12,000 people turned up for his execution in 1892 and cheered his death. They're like, fuck yeah, get rid of this dude. There was and still is speculation that he might be Jack the Ripper because he. they're pretty positive he was in England at the time of the murders that Jack the Ripper committed. But I'd... Based on looking at this guy's background, I don't think he possibly could have ever been Jack the Ripper because this guy ran away when he was a kid and became kind of like a pirate. He was a seaman and he did petty crime. And Jack the Ripper, if you know anything about Jack the Ripper, you laughing at Mm (sighs) seaman? Jack the Ripper had to have known anatomy. Human anatomy. He was educated. This guy, Frederick Bailey Deeming, not educated i don't think he was jack the Ripper. i think it's highly unlikely and then of course the most famous incarceration and execution was that of ned kelly in 1880 do you know who ned kelly was
2: uh-uh.
1: he's one of the if not the most famous australian outlaw He he was indicted for murder in 1878 and then he escaped, and he killed three police officers with the help of a small gang of men that he he was leading. And then he and the gang evaded police for a few years, and it was a really big deal. And then he builds this whole, like, suit of armor for himself and goes into this final epic gun battle with the police. Like, this final shootout, right?
2: Just like that with the hands? Too. Yes, with the hands. Y'all so he can't goes see, into this, but she's doing some, this, like, karate chop shit it's just... in the shootout.
1: <sighs> right? With the, they still have his armor that his homemade armor that he made it's at the jail by the way mm. but um so he gets into this epic shootout he loses he gets caught they heal him up they make sure that he's well enough and then they execute him
2: it's very nice of them yeah they wanted him to have a
1: not executing people a proper execution yeah so after after he died and this they, it, this wasn't just done for him, but he's one of the most famous ones that it was done for. After he died, they did a death mask, which is really common for the era. I think they did a death mask even of Lincoln. I'm pretty confident that they did. Uh, but they had the death mask and his skull on display in the prison for a long, long time. And then I think the skull got stolen in the 1970s. There was some kind of break-in. Some yeah. guy in the 2000s said, hey, I have his skull, but they didn't want to, this guy didn't want to say where he had gotten it from, how he acquired it, and it's a little dubious. Nobody's really convinced 100% that it's Ned Kelly's, but yeah. they still have the death mask, and they still have the, uh...
2: Is death mask just the face?
1: It's Your like face? a plaster cast. Gotcha. Yeah, and they have loads of them at this museum, which is now where the jail was. hmm the old jail's been turned into a museum since then, but it's just filled with death masks of the prisoners. It was a really... It's weird. Common thing at the time. Don't know why. It's a little morbid and weird. And yeah, morbid. but
2: nowadays people plaster cast their butt cheeks, so...
1: Um, I know, but it's one thing to look at somebody's butt cheeks. It's a different thing to look at the face of the dead. Like this is the face of this person. You're that right, died. I'd rather
2: lie. Look at that. You know what I mean? Pair of cheeks than somebody's face.
1: I suppose that depends on the cheeks though.
2: That's just true.
1: Ron Jeremy's cheeks.
2: You always go to Ron Jeremy.
1: Chris Farley's cheeks? Do you
2: have some secret?
1: Obsession well I mean he's the most Ron famous Jeremy. porn star. No, I don't have an obsession with Ron Jeremy.
2: He's like an eighties. Is he? Seventies, eighties. Seventies, I star. think, yeah. Have you seen him now?
1: No, I don't oh even my want God. to. He's <laughs> like Danny DeVito. <laughs> yeah, dude. He's so gross. There you go. Danny DeVito's butt cheeks. <laughs> hey.
2: I'd pay good money to have that freaking hung up on her, on her wall.
1: Danny DeVito's butt cheeks. Yeah, right above yeah. the TV. Some <laughs> sunny. It's always sunny in Philadelphia, quote, underneath. Right. You have to come up with the perfect We can bun. make
2: a clock out of it. Center being. I think you know what. <laughs> Midnight and then right. six o'clock <laughs> <laughs> be perfect. Let's just hope he has straight butt cheeks. If not, or we might be off by you know, plus or by like, minus an hour.
1: We're gonna have to have the hands that kind of hook over it so they can go all the way around the butt, the rounded butt cheeks.
2: The hands that hook over. The
1: hands of the clock. Although if they're straight out and they run into the butt cheeks, they're gonna get caught on That's cheek true. or possibly hair. Who knows what
2: hair. We're not gonna. It's not gonna it's have hair cast. on it, man. You
1: never know. Anyway, uh, so after 1870, the goal, the goal, the jail. I see, I wrote it wrong. Jail. Yeah. Uh, the jail began to move prisoners out, and they moved them elsewhere. And then it the, slowly kind of closed down, and they demolished parts of it, and the um the site closed in 1924, officially. So it was only open for 79 years. It wasn't open all that long. Mm-hmm. In 1927, it became part of the Emily McPherson College, Ooh. and during this time, they did some exhumations that, uh, and they found at least 32 executed prisoners. They said some what? 32 executed prisoners they that did were what? Exhumations. They dug a hole and they dug out the dead, exhumed. They pulled them out. I'm using big English that you don't get, huh?
2: Exhumation. Yes. Examination?
1: No, exhumed. they exhumed them. They pulled them up. They dug a hole and they dug them out. So they found at least 32 of the executed prisoners. Wow. <laughs> I like wish my we still YouTube videos so y'all can see these <laughs> things. 32 executed prisoners. <laughs> so they dug out at least 32 of them and they moved them out of there and they put them in a, from one mass grave. Oh, that's by the way, that's where Ned Kelly's body was dumped. He was dumped into a mass grave, just like all the others, right? So they pulled out these burials, and they moved them into another mass grave in a quarry somewhere else. And then they also found a bunch of coffins during the demolition of the women's block, and those were also probably reburied in the quarry. There isn't any definite answer on that. And then grave robbers vandalized the the quarry, the, the site, and they stole the bones that they believed had belonged to Ned Kelly, including his skull, but I'm a little bit confused by that because I thought- I'm confident they said the skull was actually in the museum and the skull was stolen from the museum? I don't know. There were so many conflicting- you would think that that would be really definite. Where do you have a skull? Is it in the museum? Is it in the ground? Do you have it here? Yeah, they... Well, it's
2: presumed. Both of them are presumed, right?
1: Either way, you should know where you have the presumed skull. But... Right? I
2: don't know. Visually, it's hard to to define one skull from another.
1: Not if you just take the head when he dies.
2: But they pulled it from a mass grave, right? Okay, so... These people. The grave robbers.
1: Supposedly, the jail had the skull and the death mask. But then, in the 1930s, they're saying that these guys dug up the skull from this other mass grave in the quarry and stole it from there. But then again, in the 1970s, it's said to have been stolen. So, who, where, why? The grave
2: robbers probably... I mean, from a mass grave, how could you tell who's who?
1: Yeah. So, I'm guessing
2: the grave robbers are just dum-dums. Random. Why would you want
1: to... If you're a
2: grave robber, go...
1: Why Bonnie would you go to a Ned, prison dude, Ned graveyard? Kelly is infamous in Australia. He is one of... Okay, so you know like Bonnie and Clyde and and Al Capone. Right, for a skull? Like,
2: why would you want to take up a skull?
1: It's a, he's a big deal. He's kind of this this hero, this folk hero for Australians. He stood up for the common man and, and his, his mother and the other criminals of the time. The people that were just basically fighting to get by. So he really became kind of this legend and this hero, and he's really important to Australian history. For them, he, he he's a big deal. might seem like something unusual to us because we don't really have something directly to relate to that, but he was important, kind of almost like a Robin Hood-type character, except he didn't steal from the rich and give to the poor. All right, moving on. In the 1930s, gravestones of the executed prisoners were removed from the prison and they were incorporated into a seawall at Brighton in Victoria, which is just gross. I think that's so disrespectful. I don't like it.
2: No bueno?
1: No, no bueno. Uh, during World War Two, the jail was used as a military prison for soldiers that were absent without leave. And the really funny part is that they built a wall between the prison and the university to keep these absent without leave soldiers that were basically shunned—they were they were bad guys essentially during World mm-hmm. War II, right? They built a wall between them and the university to keep the soldiers from getting at the girls. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, no, you ain't getting any play. <laughs> you keep to yourself.
2: This is no-no time. No-no time. No,
1: no, but... In 1979, it merged into. R M I T University. I should have looked up what RMIT stood for and I didn't. I just saw RMIT everywhere like it meant something to me and I it's Reverse left
2: Massachusetts Institute of Technology.
1: It. It's probably Royal something. So RMIT still operates part of it to this day. And the portions that aren't used by the university are now part of that museum that I was telling you about i trying to figure out what are Royal is.
2: Melbourne Institute of Technology. It's a research university.
1: Okay. So the haunting. The ghosts there. One of the spirits that's believed to roam the building is Elizabeth Scott. She was that, like I said, that first woman that right. was ever executed in Victoria. Right, right. And there are reports of hearing disembodied voices, uh, the disembodied voice of a woman. And some sometimes you can even hear the sound of a woman wailing or screaming. And I watched some videos on YouTube of people that just went and did, like, ghost hunts overnight. And it- there were sounds of a woman screaming, and it was loud. And these guys looked genuinely freaked out. They didn't look like they were there trying to fake it. They just looked like some idiot guys that were running around. And to be honest, their accents were so thick, I didn't realize that they were Australian. (laughs) I, I could not understand what they were saying.
0: I didn't caught, like,
2: realize they were Australian.
1: Their accent was so thick that I couldn't un- it didn't sound like English. And then I caught a few words and I realized that it was just this really seriously thick Australian accent. I think it's four or five guys wandering around in the jail in, in the dark of night and they they you hear this scream and it's a loud scream and they freak out. And it's a woman's scream.
2: Maybe they freaked out and they were the woman's scream.
1: Well, I know the place, it is open for tours, but it's only open for tours so long. Like, it doesn't run all night long. They close it up. So I don't know if maybe they were part of a ghost hunting trip or if they were there during regular operating hours and somebody was being a jerk or what, but it was it was a loud woman scream and they were freaked. Other common experiences within the jail include things like the shuffling of feet inside of empty cells, disembodied voices, and dark shadows lurking in the cell doorways, and um, employees repou- report repound. Repound. The employees report the sound of heavy footsteps and the clanking of keys and chains. So it sounds like somebody's walking along, rattling right. metal. And there are reports of cell doors sliding shut as you walk past, and some even hear the cr- the creaking sound of the noose near the gallows. So, that kind of rope just creaking back and forth. That, I think, would unnerve me almost more than anything.
2: Because of what's what it's associated
1: yes. with. Yes. Yeah, that is death right there.
2: Right. I wonder if there's, like, a paying gig just to fuck with people on ghost hunts. I don't know. That'd be good. I'd do that for sure.
1: They do a lot of ghost hunts there, or ghost tours and ghost hunts, um... I, I d- it seems like their ghost tours are just honestly trying to give the history and say this, these are the things that we experience. And I'll, I'll go into that a little bit more. Some have described seeing what appears to be the figures of men, and they're often standing in the cell doorways, and when they look at them closer, and I I saw this in multiple places, when they when people say they look at them closer, it looks like the flesh is rotting off of the bones. It's gross. That is disgusting. I don't think in all the time that we've done this stuff. I've ever seen anybody else say that it looks like rotting flesh off of bones. That's just gross.
2: That's some zombie shit.
1: I watched a lot of... I really watched as many videos as I could find on this. And people use spirit boxes a lot. You know what the spirit box is, right? Sure. You don't know, do you? I that's, know everything. That's the one that um uses radio signals and it's constantly shifting at this really high rate okay. across the frequency. And it uses that to allow the spirits to kind of draw energy and create words. So it really doesn't sit on any radio channel long enough to actually make a word. It's shifting so fast. And you can hear that when you listen to the spirit boxes, that it's just shifting too quickly. But then what the spirit supposedly does is it pulls the energy out of that and creates words from those pieces of sounds, And you can hear it, right? You haven't heard them before, but... I have. So they use spirit boxes a lot in here. And they get... A lot of voices, male and female, and they'll get conversation, they'll just get communication, uh, hello, or they'll just kind of hear somebody talking, but it'll be multiple voices at any one time, so they're definitely getting a lot that goes back and forth here, right? Cell 17 is considered to be the most active location in the jail, and it's here that people experience a lot of other stuff, but they've- they experience a lot of the same things that they experience elsewhere but they also get um pushed and scratched here there are a lot of reports and of pushes and scratching and just a lot of physical assaults within that so i don't know why you'd want to go in that one i'd be like no thanks
2: i'll, stick I'll to just the i'll hang out here
1: you guys can go get the scratches i'm cool right. thank you <laughs> I believe you if you come out and you show me your scratches, it's good. I don't need it myself.
2: Like, I didn't bring my Neosporin today. I'm Mm. good. I'll sit this one out.
1: Then the last story from this place is actually from one of the tour guides. And he says there's, so there's a story of the, the two female employees. He said that they were closing up one night, and this is while he was employed there. They're closing up one night, and as they're standing just inside the jail from the gift shop, they're kind of standing underneath stairs. Looking out at the first floor of jail. So that's that solitary confinement part of the jail.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: They begin to hear what sounds like lots and lots of voices, right? It just sounds like they're surrounded by people. One woman said that the voices sounded like they were wailing. The other described it like a whole bunch of groaning of a bunch of different voices. And then all of a sudden they hear a door just banging, slamming, almost like somebody's jiggling it really hard trying to get in. Like if somebody's trying to get in your front door and it's locked and they're jiggling it real hard. And they, so they freak out and they run outside. And they run to one, one of the girls, her boyfriend was waiting outside in the car to, to drive her home. So they run out there, they're freaked out and they can't finish closing up. So he goes inside to finish closing for them and he doesn't experience anything at all. But the girl, that woman in particular was like, no, I'm not coming back. She I think she worked one or two more nights and then she quit. She didn't want to be there anymore.
2: Why would her boyfriend go in?
1: He probably thought they were just freaking out, being babies, and he didn't hear anything, so I'm sure he probably convinced himself, but right. these were two women, and she was scared enough that she did not want to go back there again. She didn't want to stay there.
2: Yeah.
1: So that is the well, old... Well, imagine
2: working there, though. Like, you don't really have an option to leave. I mean, you do, but you don't.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it's tough if you work in a place that you know is purportedly haunted you, you kind of know what you're getting yourself into it's famously haunted so you know what you're doing when you get a job there but at the same time if you're not that much of a believer and then you go in and you experience something like this you really might not be prepared for it it doesn't matter what anybody tells you if you don't really believe then experiencing something like this can be really shocking for sure, for that's, sure. that's the old Melbourne jail in Australia. That's it.
0: Yeah.
2: Well, I'm happy that I didn't grow up in the 1800s or in Australia.
0: So. I don't
1: know. It only has like six or seven of the deadliest animals on the planet, right? But That's it's not bad. and the people seem like they're pretty friendly. Yeah. I do have a, a listener story for us to read today.
2: So you say.
1: Yeah. You ready for this? Sure. Okay. So this is coming from Alex, he's the host of Supernatural, or one of the hosts of Supernatural Tendencies for the promo that we played at the start of the episode, and he says, I'm not sure if you want stories about possible extraterrestrials, so if you don't, please disregard, and I shall happily fuck off and still continue to listen to you guys. Yes, we do. We really want stories about extraterrestrials. I love aliens. I want this information.
2: Yeah, you're convinced that every green light you see is an alien.
1: I, It is unreasonable to think that we're alone in the universe or that we're even the most advanced creatures in the universe. This universe has been around much longer than we have, so...
2: Uh-uh.
1: Okay. He says, to start off, I'm from Finley, Ohio, but my mother is from... Oh, God. <laughs> Uh Monongalia,
2: Monugalia Monongal Man-
1: Manu- I don't know. He he wrote it out, but it looks like Monugalia. Yeah, Monongalia County, West Virginia. Go Mountaineers And then he says and Q banjos. Doom, 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 doom. It's what- yeah. <laughs> it says before you stumble over the pronunciation, most people say it so fast that it sounds like Monugalia. I'll, I'll trust you. I don't really know. <laughs> My mom's father was a coal miner there before he moved up here. We have a few family stories that I've been told over the years that I would imagine may be unique. By the way, I'm sorry for how long this may end up. Don't ever apologize. The long ones are really good ones. It's cool. Short ones are good, too. We just want the stories. My grandfather's grandfather was named Augustus. Augustus of of Native... Nis- Nisitapi or Blackfoot descent, which I've always wondered, since the Blackfoot tribe is native to the Montana, Alberta, Sas- S- Saskatchewan area, how did he get to West Virginia? We can suspend <laughs> this belief for now. Anyway, Augustus was said to have something special about him. Apparently, he had a pet snake that was wild, kind of. From what I hear, Augustus would set a saucer of milk on the porch every morning and the snake would come up and drink the milk and head back out into the woods. Kind of like a West Virginian stray cat, only it's a snake in the mountains. Another question, why would a goddamn snake care about milk? But I digress, and we can continue. I like this guy. He's funny. He cracks mm-hmm. me up. I told you, their show is it's kooky, but I like it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It has been said that Augustus would take males of our family up to the mountains and show them things. There was always a supernatural air to the story when this was told to me. From what I understand, my grandfather was taken up to the mountains by Augustus, and my grandfather always had a special way about him. One example, my grandma and him were out and about, and they stopped at the grocery store. Since they only needed a few things, he said he would run in and she She could wait in the car if she wanted. After he had left, my grandma forgot to have him grab uh, some peanuts for her. My grandma wasn't especially known. Well, she, he says she wasn't especially known for eating peanuts, but that at this time she had a craving, so she she was going to grab some, but forgot to tell his grandpa before he ran into the store. My grandpa comes back to their truck with bags in hand, gets in, and tosses a bag of peanuts in her lap. And this is just one instance of him just knowing things, knowing what to do, knowing what to say. He had a very uncanny ability about him. Could this be related to the mountain trips? And then he says, thanks for sticking around for the diatribe. With that much out of the way, we can get to the actual meat of this story. We're getting into the good stuff.
2: Well, let me play the theme song. Dun, dun,
1: dun. <laughs> is that the theme song? That is the theme
2: song for this story.
1: <laughs> when my mom was young, she remembers one night when something strange happened. She may, may be able to tell you what she was doing before it happened, but... Out of nowhere, their house was flooded with bluish, white bluish light from all the windows in their house. My grandma, understandably so, freaked out and grabbed my mom and my aunt and pushed herself underneath of a window. The popo. Up against the wall, and then she held them both really tight. My mom has said she remembers looking up and seeing a tremendous amount of light cascading through the window, lighting up the room as if it were daytime. My grandpa told them to stay there, and he ran outside. I can't exactly remember how long my mom said he was gone. It was some time, and then the lights, movie style, flashed out, seemingly gone as fast as they came. My grandpa came back from wherever he was, and my grandma asked what it was. He wouldn't talk about it. Told everyone not to ask and forget about it altogether. Yeah, right! (laughs) Flash forward to when I was young. I was coloring one day, and my mom had asked what I was coloring. I told her that I was drawing the blue kids that come into my room at night. Apparently, this freaked her out a bit, and she looked at my grandma, who was in the kitchen, and and or my grandpa, who was th- who was in the kitchen, and he was staring back at her. All the color had drained from his face. She said he left the room very quickly. So far, all this story is purely built on shaky and circumstantial evidence at best. Really, everything could be totally disconnected, and this was my thought until about eight years ago. I've been in paranormal stuff my entire life, but it wasn't until eight years ago when I heard about an interesting trend. A documentary I was watching, I forget the exact one now, had talked about blue children who visit human children. Stories range from these blue children playing, talking, to even helping with homework. Wouldn't that be nice? Right? (laughs) it's also said that they come back generationally silly maybe but i still find it interesting blue kid yeah i For feel me. like i've heard that before uh, same not that i put full stock into this idea connecting all of these but still anyways you can draw you guys can draw your own conclusions get this this is the Emily part that... will draw many conclusions wait 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 funny enough he says, I didn't know this before I started writing this to you, but literally while typing this, my wife asked what I was doing, and I told her that I was writing the story out for you guys, and she said, I forgot to tell you, your daughter sees little people in her room at night. She just told me that my eight-year-old daughter had come into our room not too long ago and said something about seeing little people in her room. He says, breaking news to me. So, there's my story. Thank you for the opportunity. Cheers, Alex.
2: Well, brother, looks like you got quite a mystery on your hands. Oh, my gosh. Do you you think... got to solve that.
1: Is it aliens? Do you think?
2: No, it's not aliens. Of course it's aliens. What else could it be?
1: That's, I mean, do you think they had actually been around before in his family? Maybe maybe going way back. If it's generational. Maybe
2: they are aliens. Maybe
1: his, what was it, his great-grandfather? Father or Augustus had actually been experiencing this, and just didn't tell anybody about it and it's It's just this lifelong thing and now his family his immediate family's being exposed to it.
2: What are you saying
1: his what was his great grandfather Augustus that Took would take them up
2: into the mountains
1: He would take them up into the mountains, right. so maybe Augustus had experienced this stuff, maybe he had some kind of special knowledge or something, and that's why he was able to teach. His his son and right. they kinda of passed down this knowledge, but without everybody knowing that it was handed down that it was this extraterrestrial knowledge.
2: Just got lost.
1: Yeah. What? That it, it wasn't of this earth. I don't know what I would do if I found out that the boys felt like they were being visited at night. That I I would be so scared. Well, I it's think. just it's
2: not just at night though, right?
1: And she mm. So, seeing little people in her room, it's not a specified yeah. time, but regardless, if you felt like that has to be a hard moment as a parent, I feel like Even night if,
2: would be harder because that's kind of, you know, that's you're not when you let your and guard can't be down. Right, there, yeah. right,
1: that's tough though, that isn't either,
2: it? Yeah, either way, I don't know. Well, it as long seem, as it didn't seem like there was kind of any aggression towards it, doesn't seem to bother the kid.
1: him, like he didn't seem bothered by it as a child, right. It seems something that's more, kind of freaking out the adults, but it makes you wonder why they're visiting. What, for what purpose?
2: Yeah, although I, would, I would feel like
1: maybe they just. If need it some was company. something of
2: concern, right? So his grandfather, who was taken up, who knew whatever it was that Gustav showed them. Augustus. Augustus, Gustav. This is now Russia. Um.
1: You think Gustav is Russian? Gustav
2: is a Russian name. (laughs)
1: It's French.
2: No, it's not. It's Russian. Okay. Anyway. Come on. I am the world history. Yes, you are an
1: encyclopedia of knowledge. (laughs) Thank you.
2: I feel like if he was concerned by these things, something would have been done, right? Or some somebody would have been told that this is something to watch out for. But
1: yeah, I don't. I don't know. Obviously, it upset his family, but. He didn't seem concerned about it as a kid. It didn't really seem to upset him, and it doesn't seem to upset his daughter. She's just saying, "Hey, they're here." So I'm, I'm maybe saying it's... his grandpa, right? Oh, okay. if
2: he would have thought, th- if he thought it would have been something to be concerned about, I'm sure something would have been done.
1: Maybe,
2: whether that be you know, taking action against whatever it is, or I'm informing. wondering
1: if Augustus didn't realize that. These things would come back and visit his whole family if he thought maybe he was the only one, if he didn't tell anybody. But he had these special abilities, right? Yeah. Have you ever seen the video of the, the woman that puts down, I think it's a woman, puts down a saucer of water for a thirsty snake in the middle of a drought in the summer? mm mm-hmm. And the snake comes slithering up when it drinks. That's what I picture when he talks about Augustus putting out a saucer of milk. Is this little snake like? Yes, thank you. I was so thirsty. I wasn't ever gonna make it. Yeah. Animals are animals, right? Right. But thank you for sharing your story with us, Alex. That was a really good one, and okay. def- I definitely has my i had i have some questions.
2: Sure.
1: If you have any more, please send them our way. Yeah. All right. From so, our
2: kitties and ourselves, we thank you very much. And our ghost, Elizabeth. In. We can't speak on her behalf. Elizabeth, Elizabeth, if you are thankful for our viewers, go ahead and say something.
1: So I think with that, I think we're wrapped up for tonight. Thank you for tuning in. And shall we raise Raise a toast toast to our our ghosts?